Oh, okay. <laughs> You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought from Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Before Kelly Harris began graduate school here at Washington University in St. Louis, she worked for 15 years as a speech pathologist. On paper, the job meant getting to help little kids with language difficulties learn how to speak. But over and over again, she found herself also having to do a different kind of work. So in doing that work, I went into a lot of homes and a lot of schools, and I just found that for many families, I might end up being a social worker instead of a speech therapist just because their most pressing needs were not their children's speech at that moment. The families that Harris met were often dealing with low income levels and high stress levels, circumstances that can make prioritizing learning really hard. Going into homes where, you know, I'm trying to get parents to listen to me and to implement these strategies with their kids, and they're worried about having diapers and formula and many other things. And they have other, I mean, just kind of competing needs, right? These experiences led Harris to questions. Questions about health, about learning, about poverty and inequality, and how all these things overlap. Really just thinking about what are prerequisites for learning, why does being healthy matter? Why does, you know, if, if your primary need is anything from breathing, you know, having an asthma exacerbation to just a toothache, does that impact a child's ability to attend in the classroom, to actively participate, and to really take in information? In order to look into these kinds of issues, Harris decided to go back to school herself to pursue a PhD in education. Here at WashU, some of her recent work focuses on one health problem in particular. Asthma. There are a few things about asthma that make it important when thinking about the intersection of health and school learning. So it's the number one reason that children miss school. It is a chronic condition. The medications used to treat asthma have a host of side effects that can impact learning. So there are a lot of ways that asthma can impact a student's success in school. But asthma does not affect all students at the same rate or in the same way. Statistics do show that asthma disproportionately impacts poor children and um, minority children in, in urban centers. That's right. You would think, or at least I thought, that something like asthma would be pretty evenly spread out. But in reality, kids who live in urban areas are much more likely to have it. This is true across the country. St. Louis, home to Washington University, is no exception. I've done some studies that have looked at the whole region. So, um, St. Louis City, St. Louis County, St. Charles County. And when you look at the whole region, the entire city is this one big hotspot where asthma rates are really high. But as Harris found, just saying asthma rates are really high in the city isn't really giving the full picture. So one of the things that I wanted to do is look at the city and figure out, is there variation that we just lose when we look at a broader region? And what I found is that there is. Zoomed out, the city of St. Louis looks like one giant asthma hotspot. But when Harris zoomed in and looked closer, she saw a more complex picture. So I took all of the zip codes in the city and surrounding zip codes, so any neighboring zip code along the entire boundary of the city, so places like uh, Maplewood, Richmond Heights, that borders the city, Clayton, and so on, um, north to south. I took all of those zip codes and said, okay, is there any group that has significantly higher rates that are you know, statistically significant, and then the same thing for lower rates? 
zip code by zip code, she found that asthma rates do vary. And one part of the city stood out. In areas in North City, asthma rates are definitely higher. To understand what was going on, Harris again turned to maps. This time, though, instead of mapping something that's there, like high rates of asthma, she discovered something that's not there. She found something missing from North St. Louis. Doctors. Geographically, if you look at the city of St. Louis, pediatricians and asthma and allergy immunology physicians that would treat asthma are heavily concentrated in the Central Corridor and South. So our two major children's hospitals are um, St. Louis Children's Hospital and Cardinal Glennon, and those are you know, within a couple miles of each other, central and south. So that leaves the entire north side of the city that's a good distance away from care. So uh, I mapped actual pediatricians and physicians in the city, and there's less than 10%, I want to say less than 5% north. Um, so that's very few physicians to treat a large number of, of children. Traveling a longer distance to see a doctor can be a challenge for any family especially if you don't have good options for transportation. If you don't have a car and you're reliant on public transportation to get there, that's a time factor. A time factor that can easily turn into a stress factor. In some cases, taking time off for a child's doctor's visit means not getting paid, or even worse, losing your job. And unfortunately, a lack of access to health care is not the only stress that kids with asthma and their families face in North St. Louis. Um, there, those are also areas where um, public housing is more heavily concentrated, where violent crime rates tend to be higher. Both of these things are also linked to higher rates of asthma. One of the things that's associated with asthma are housing conditions, which is a, a reason that public housing is thought to be associated with asthma as well in terms of building materials and housing condition in general. So I looked at age of housing in the city and it's all pretty consistently old, right? Most of the city has a lot of old housing, older than like 1950. But there's still a difference in rates. As we've been discussing, asthma rates in North St. Louis are higher. On the other hand, in certain parts of South St. Louis, the rates are actually much lower. Those households tend to have higher incomes. More research needs to be done to prove cause and effect for these differences. But Harris has some theories. So I wonder if maybe higher incomes allow families to better maintain their housing. And so then I looked at um, kind of city-deemed condemned housing, so houses that the city has said are un in unlivable condition. And that is very heavily concentrated in areas in North St. Louis City um, and in the same areas where you find higher asthma. By tracking and mapping things like asthma rates, housing conditions, income, healthcare access, Harris is painting a picture of what kids with asthma in these neighborhoods are actually experiencing. We know asthma is linked with poverty, but why exactly is that true? And so there's a couple of things happening there. Um, conditions in deteriorating housing are bad for health, and in particular for children who have asthma, that's one. When you think about crime and, well, why would crime be associated with asthma? One of the, the thoughts is that um, children are kept indoors more because neighborhoods are thought to be unsafe and in conditions that may be more poor in kind of quality. All of these things can cause stress, which in itself is a trigger for asthma symptoms. And the kids themselves are not the only ones experiencing stress. 
then household stress. And so one of the things that would be interesting, I haven't done it yet, would be to look at um, if the data exists, like families who smoke, right? And as a kind of response to stress and, you know, with children with asthma in the household. And is that geographically um, interesting at all? Is there a pattern there? Harris says trying to pin down the causes and effects of asthma is like a chicken and egg scenario. It's hard to know what comes first. And with asthma, it's much more complicated than a single cause leading to a single effect. You know, kind of what you find is this more cyclical process where um, you have these poor health and education outcomes that kind of feed back into the community, right, and kind of create this intergenerational pattern. Um, uh, Professor Patrick Sharkey suggests that you know, places are inherited, right? And that um, kind of those patterns exist over generations. These patterns can be frustrating to hear about and also frustrating to research. For Harris, in some ways, it's personal. Her son has asthma. It can be really hard to think about all the other kids out there who are at risk, who aren't getting the care they need, or who are missing school and opportunities because of the disease. When you see, I think as, as a black woman and as a mother, um, when you do this kind of research and you're identifying these patterns that are so heavily rooted in inequality, I think there, there is always kind of an emotional piece. Um, but I think, you know, what's important, important is kind of moving past that and really looking at the research, but I think it's there for sure. One way to get past the frustration is to look forward. As we've heard, childhood asthma in cities can be connected to many things. Housing conditions, healthcare access, stress. Harris believes that solutions to the problem can and should be just as interconnected. So I think that coordinated policy efforts would be most effective. I think that um, individual industry, so like housing, health, and education have all kind of tried their own things. Often with limited success. Instead, Harris believes these groups should work together. For example, schools and doctors could join forces to provide health care in schools. School-based health clinics allow children to be in school and still get the services they might need, right? So hopefully reducing the impact that we see on attendance and thereby improving achievement. Housing providers could also have a role. So maybe, you know, a housing um, agency sponsoring some kind of school-based health clinic or health services on site, right, in, in um, low-income housing or public housing communities. So I think um, those are some options, but just more coordinated policy. Harris wants her work to provide the kind of data and context needed to make efforts like these successful. By understanding what's really happening in areas with higher and lower asthma rates, she hopes to help break a long-standing cycle of wealth and health inequality. Really providing research that supports policy that can impact that inequality is, is what I would hope my research can do. That, you know, my research is able to, to, to say that, yes, this is happening, and yes, this is a pattern that is based in a history of segregation and inequality, and these are ways that we can address it and fix it, not just kind of treat these conditions, but to really get at the roots of the problems.
A big thank you to Kelly Harris for joining Hold That Thought. For many more ideas to explore, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or at holdthatthought.wustl.edu. Thank you for listening.